When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm your host, Nikki Eisenhower, life coach and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing soul care for sickness. So I want to use my COVID experience to share with you some tips for holding space for ourselves as highly sensitive people and survivors when sick. There's some very common things that I believe we experience, and I want to try to break that down so that you can be more mindful about how you take care of yourself around illness. I've been recovering from covid I caught it from a double vaccinated person, my very sweet brother-in-law. Chris and I both caught it, and we are both as fine as recovering from a bad cold or mild flu. Illness holds some complex energies for many survivors and highly sensitive people. This episode is an attempt to break down our highly sensitive experience of being ill. I'll share some mindful and practical tips to have better soul care while you're sick in this episode. Our January Patreon exclusive episode is a sister episode to this one, and it's called Illness, the Inner Child and the Wise Woman or the Wise Man. So today's episode is about the interplay of illness on our highly sensitive and emotional bodies. That sister episode that's available on Patreon is about talking to our inner child and cultivating our wise woman, our wise man when we are ill. Okay, so the first thing that I want to say to you is that I'm asking you to be willing to look at what you like and what you loathe about being sick. Now, this takes a lot of radical honesty and introspection to be really honest with ourselves. For me, the part that I like, that I have liked since I was a child, is that once I get sick, it gives my super ambitious, goal-oriented propensity to overwork self permission to veg, to binge-watch TV, to watch movies unapologetically back-to-back, basically a permission to be wildly unproductive. For someone who values being productive, that permission feels amazing and liberating, 
even while my physical body feels ill and icky. Especially those of us that lean introverted, it may be that our introverted parts really love this permission to pull away, not just to Netflix and binge, but to pull away from everyone and hibernate like a bear. I'm sick is maybe the most societally acceptable, simple and easy way to say no or to back out of plans. So those of us as highly sensitive people and survivors who are codependent people pleasers, we might love this permission. Now, many of you may still be lying and fibbing and using I'm sick when you're not sick as a really good excuse because saying no in a clear, assertive way may still be something that you're working towards. It may still be really hard. So if this is your go-to excuse and you fib using this excuse, it will feel very aligned and authentic and true when you get to use it honestly. So if we don't embrace these realities about getting sick and about how parts of ourselves may really like it, If I don't know this about myself, then I won't know how to manage this. And then I'm at risk for subconsciously or consciously using my mind's power to convince myself to stay sick or to get theatrical and dramatic and milk it for longer and longer and longer, inviting more of this hibernation mode that this part of me craves. And my regular life mode does not offer me this, which means that I can manipulate myself and the people around me. And that is not what I am here for in this one precious life. The other thing that we have to know about getting sick is that sometimes that started for us very, very young. In my own story, I was very sick as a child. I had asthma. My mother smoked in the house. I pretty much constantly had a head cold. I had bronchitis, I had sore throat after sore throat after sore throat. I went to the doctor constantly. So for a little girl who was underattended to and undercared for in an emotional sense, the most care I got was when I was sick. I liked that as a child. And that happens for a lot of us, not just highly sensitive people, because something very special happens to us when we're a kid. You know, every day of our lives, well, up until COVID anyway, As we were growing up, we had to go to school and sickness let us say no to school. We got to do something special and different. So for many of us, we feel special or loved when we feel sick. We have to know that so that we don't try to stay sick or invite more illness into our lives. So that's what I like about getting sick. What I loathe is how it makes my sensitive self feel in this body. Often before I know that I'm sick, right, there's a window where we get infected with something and we don't know that we are infected yet. Often in this period, a highly sensitive person will experience an inexplicable dip in mood. We can feel our system dip in energy, in ambition. We might feel pulled to go take a nap, to go to sleep earlier or to sleep in. Now, it's only after I come down with symptoms that I've been able to put together that, oh, 
over the years as I've gotten sick, oh, I can see this pattern and I've seen this with my clients over the years who would often come in, have a session about their mood being dipped. And then if I saw them the next week when they were better, they'd say, oh, actually I was getting sick. So I started seeing this pattern in the highly sensitive population. So now when I suddenly dip in a way that doesn't have a reasonable or obvious reason that I can put my finger on in that moment, I've learned how to hold space for myself by saying this in my self-talk. Hmm. Maybe this is coming from an external place, but maybe I'm coming down with something. Let me hydrate and take my vitamins and take my supplements. That's a way to ground myself, to center myself, and to put my energy into some very simple and basic self-care. Instead of into worry or instead of stressing or going into overthinking another thing that most highly sensitive people struggle with. Why am I feeling this way? Why? I should have a good reason and I don't. And then we burn up our precious energy as our body's getting sick, needing its precious energy to fight whatever pathogen has infiltrated the body. So for me, the sensation of achiness makes me want to jump out of my skin. It gives me the sensation of wanting to just run and jump out of a window. And this is not a suicidal ideation in any way, shape, or form. This is me feeling my nervous system panic about feeling awful and not being able to control that I've gotten sick. And this is a trap. It's a trapping of of the way that we think because in that moment, If I stress, then I am a self-fulfilling prophecy of feeling worse because I'm emotionally and mentally stressing while my physical body and immune system is stressed by that pathogen. So managing the stress of being sick and the powerlessness, the lack of control that we have to not allow that to happen Letting go of this stress is one of the powerful things that we can do to show up for ourselves when we become ill. If we have a history of neglect, there is opportunity to show up for our inner child and show him or her that our grown-up adult self loves us and is willing to take care of us because we are important, we are lovable, and we are deserving of compassionate care and help from others and very importantly, from ourselves to ourselves. So let's deal with this reality that we feel a whole lot in any given average moment as highly sensitive people. So we certainly feel a whole lot when our bodies feel all out of whack and are getting sick. So I'm often speaking to you over this microphone about our emotional wellness When we are sick, our bodies get flooded with sensations that we as highly sensitive people may be more finely attuned to observe. Feeling more, feeling a lot as a human being seems like an unfortunate trick when we're HSP and sick. Feels unfair. Accepting that we just feel a whole lot more and we might feel pretty miserable when we're ill. Accepting this is so much more useful and relieving and lighter than fighting this 
And again, if we fight this in mind, emotion, and body, if we fight this reality that my body is down, my body is sick, this pathogen has got to run its course, then I waste my precious energy and I invite frustration. And our nervous systems do not need to be activated in this way while our body is fighting this pathogen. We can accept, we can breathe, and we can let go of control. And this can help ourselves feel better as soon as possible and not add to our struggle. So one of the things that I very much value as a human being is I value my time not being wasted and being productive. Since many of us as highly sensitive people go through a period in our development of trying to reject our sensitivity, we try to dial it down, we try to minimize it, we try to squash it, we're annoyed by it, we're angry at it, we feel burdened by it. Many of us also feel behind in life because of how much it takes, the time, the energy, even the money that it takes to pay therapists, to talk through these things, to figure ourselves out, to let go of our old pain that we resent anything that shows up that seems to make us have to slow down. Then we feel stressed about, man, I'm not reaching those goals. So an illness can show up and really challenge us to not be so frustrated and annoyed in this way. A universal struggle in highly sensitive people is that because of all of this, we desperately want to be farther in life than we actually are because we are also visionaries. We can really see where we think we should be and give ourselves a really hard time about being right where we are. And if we feel like we're behind, it means that we're operating under this subconscious belief that we should hurry up and get ahead. So when an illness comes in, Wow, can we be angry at being struck down by this illness, slowing us down even more? How dare this illness do this to me? Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you, and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science Podcast. Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. In accepting that my expectations for a certain period of time that I don't get to decide must go unrealized when I'm sick is the acceptance process. When I get sick, I work to accept that this illness basically forces me, demands, nature demands that I stop moving towards my human external goals in the ways that I actively want to be moving towards them. Again, if I fight it, if I fight this reality, I'm inviting stress, frustration, sadness, 
on top of an illness. And every day, because most illnesses don't go away in a 24-hour period, so every day that I wake up still under the weather, if I invested in taking care of myself fully in this way, that I mindfully know that I have to let go again and again and again and again until my body is restored to wellness. I know that it is my job to manage that expectant part of me, that inner child part of me that crosses her fingers and hopes to wake up feeling better tomorrow. And if I wake up not feeling so much better, then I'm waking up with disappointment, with frustration. So what I get to accomplish, the goal that I can give myself since I'm a goal-oriented person, is that in, in an ill day, I can accomplish letting go. That is my task. And when I do that well, I'm helping my body heal. And that is something that I can feel that I am doing even in the absence of everything that I'm doing as I'm being still and just vegging out and letting my body rest and heal. This may even be us inviting enoughness. You hear me talk about the good enough principle very, very often. Can you see how it applies here? That I have the option to decide that it must be good enough for me to have to veg for my body to heal. So maybe that resonates with you and can become a part of your healing if it does, whenever you get struck with an illness. So it is important. I hope you're picking up on this as we go through this episode. It's important that we learn how to acknowledge and then release how crappy, how out of control, how frustrated we might be when an illness hijacks our life and our time and our energy and our wellness. Another nuanced thing that we can feel when we're sick, if our childhood was hijacked by drama and dysfunction of our family system, we might even be angry and frustrated, resentful and annoyed as if an an illness is the uninvited drama guest to my life's party. But I don't want my body to feel upset, to feel triggered in any way when it needs its energy to heal. So we acknowledge and we practice. It's a practice. So I can acknowledge and then I can practice letting go of these expectations moment to moment. And I can accept actively the losses because it is an active decision to let go versus to hold on to frustrations. Life is a co-creation in this way. This is one of these major life points that we just tend to not ever have a class in. We just don't have the level of control our human egos seem to want us to be able to have in this life. Life is a co-creation of what I want and the organized chaos that the universe sends to me. Mindfully paying attention to our self-talk and owning our mindset helps us craft the mindset and the self-talk that actually really help us flow through the illness versus fight what we can't control. And what all of us have to do sometimes in this life for different reasons is accept that this human body, this human system sometimes has some limitations and that it's my job to tend to this body 
when it is struck down in any way, shape, or form. We can lean into the bright side when sick. Now, I keep seeing a disturbing trend on social media. It falls under the category for me of super victimization. And anyone who is practicing techniques that bring them closer to victimization will have a very hard time in this life finding peace, release, satisfaction, and happiness. Because so much in this life is not ideal. And we have to work with what we have to work with, not what we expect we should have in front of us. So I keep seeing things online about things like depression that says it's wrong to tell someone to look at the silver lining. That's toxic positivity. Now, I push against that. This is a manipulation that the depression gremlins love. When we are buying into this belief that we can't just think our way out of a funky feeling, we are saying to ourselves, I am powerless. It's like laying down in the middle of the street. This mindset says, my depression is real and no one understands. That's a message of my depression is justified and I get to keep practicing it. F you for encouraging me to take responsibility for my mindset and my feelings. If you give into these gremlins, you invite depression for longer in your life. And if you want to feel better, you must do better. And part of the doing better is forcing, yes, forcing, practiced gratitude, lightness, and bright side thinking. Because if you aren't looking for the bright side, whether you're depressed, whether you're sick, whether life's just sending you wave after wave, like it does sometimes, If you aren't looking for the bright side and attempting to be on the bright side, where are you? Well, you must be in the dark. And how is that in the direction of solution or health, wholeness, wellness? How is that doing the work if you lay down in the street of your life, so to speak, and just give up? It's not. So I came down with COVID symptoms on Christmas Day. And what was supposed to be my vacation time at the end of the year where I reset for the next year. And for this particular Christmas, this was the very first time my in-laws were coming to Colorado since I've been with their son. So this Christmas held the expectation that it was going to be a fun vacation with so much that we had planned. And I was set to build a bond with my in-laws who live out of state. Then we caught COVID. I took a beat to be pissed off, angry, frustrated, and annoyed that the best laid plans can still fall apart. Then, because you can't skip over this acknowledgement if you really want to move forward, then, after the acknowledgement... I shifted to what was in fact silver lining. My self-talk became, well, I'm grateful I've scheduled this time off to take care of myself and I won't have to put out any of my clients for a week or two once I get back to work. Thank goodness we moved through the worst symptoms in about one to three days. Thank goodness our strong immune systems took care of us. We had plans to go to the Molly Brown house. We had tickets bought. They graciously refunded us. We had other tickets that didn't refund us at the Botanical Gardens. So I was grateful that the Molly Brown House, little shout out for y'all, 
refunded us when we were sick and couldn't go. Another silver lining is that because we were all exposed with each other and all together, we no longer had to figure out how to quarantine away from each other and not expose each other. We had all been exposed. So that bus had left the station. So when we felt a little bit better, the three of us who came down with symptoms, we hung out with everybody. About half our party didn't get sick. About half of us did. And we played a game. And we all laughed a lot. So instead of being frustrated with starting a new year with cooties, I'm grateful to walk into 2022 with strong, natural immunity and antibodies. I feel validated and over the hump of wondering about my decision to pass on the vaccine. Now I can settle on knowing that that was the right decision for me and my body. I don't have to wonder about catching COVID. I don't have to try to not catch it anymore after two years of steadily being dosed with media fear. This is the next chapter for me, post-COVID. And I'm glad to be done with the pre-COVID chapter. This is how we learn to support ourselves. Even for the things that we don't want, we resist and we loathe and we don't want to happen to us. What I know to be true is that mindset is important with illness and being in fear taxes the immune system. Stress is an already stressed system. You can't run from being sick. My tip is to radically accept fearlessness before you ever catch COVID or the next flu. As a radical self-love practice, as a dedication to your highest self, I believe if I would have allowed myself to be frightened, and let's be clear that my very own president said in recent months that unvaccinated people would die this winter, and I am an unvaccinated person, because just because I won't put new science into my body until it's tested in the population for at least 10 years, from being inside of healthcare and working in hospitals and with doctors seeing what the AMA and all of the organizations that manage our medical world, seeing how they operate from the inside, that is something I've decided for myself. I'm not saying that that is the right thing. It is the right thing for me. You are tasked with figuring out the right thing for you. I've had a vaccine injury from the HPV vaccine many years ago, so I'm just more cautious now. If I would have allowed that fear that my president told everyone to have, I believe I would have had a hell of a harder time recovering. I used my stubbornness to pre-decide over these two years that if and when I came down with COVID, I would absolutely ground myself in this is totally okay. Our minds are powerful. It's up to each of us to manage how we are talking to ourselves and the messages that we are bringing and the messages that we are allowing into our consciousness. I am so sorry that so many of our authority figures the last two years have stood behind messaging that fear is right and smart and even noble. There is certainly a healthy fear and there is certainly a dysfunctional fear. I strongly encourage you to learn the difference and to have boundaries with what influences you into dysfunctional fear. If you would like to dive more deeply into the difference between healthy fear and dysfunctional fear, go check out the episode from July 4th, 2021. 
It's called healthy versus toxic emotions. Patience is another thing that we can practice when we get ill. I am now in a phase, I'm 90% healed up. I still have a little tiny remnant of congestion. But I can feel that my system is still a little tired. It's not at full strength yet. So I'm now in a phase that actually needs more patience than when I had active symptoms. And I need this patience so that I don't overdo it and tax my still healing body. Y'all hear me talk about the pendulum swinging? When we've been down and out for a little while and we start to feel better, we, might, we, we may want to have the pendulum swing and go all the way in the other direction and run and work hard or do a really big workout. I can feel the pendulum wanting to swing from the inactivity of being ill to overactivity to make up for lost time, that pressure I was talking about earlier. And that will just tank the wellness my body has achieved so far. I know that. So the fact that part of me wants to do a three-hour workout and blast past these lingering effects of some fatigue, I have to manage that part of myself. Because my wise part knows that it's smarter to slow build my stamina back up over the next week or two or three or four. So instead of the pendulum swinging and me allowing it to go from underdoing to overdoing, the visual visual I like is driving a car. No one drives well if they are all gas or all brake. Life requires a balanced combination of playing with the gas and the brake and the turning wheel. By mindfully observing myself, checking in with myself day to day and even moment to moment, I can gauge what I need and when, tapping into that wise woman part of me, ebbing and flowing as I tend to myself, as I push into doing and then lean into resting until I'm back at 100%. And we learn and we observe and we adjust all along the way. The sister episode to this episode is out on Patreon. It's called Illness, the Inner Child and the Wise Woman. Because I'm a woman, I will also talk to the wise men that are out there. It should be released at the same time this episode is. And I'm going to piggyback on this episode. In the Patreon exclusive, we're going to talk about embodying and modeling the language of the inner child when sick. And how the wise woman or wise man can step in and up to take care of ourselves when we are sick. I also want to share the last live stream with you that was on our Patreon this month. I want to share a question from that episode. The topic was drugs and alcohol. I'm going to leave this anonymous, but the question one of our Patreon members shared for this live stream, for her own healing and for anyone else who resonates with this question is a very powerful one. And it's real And it's raw. And I'm so proud of the person that asked this question for being brave enough to ask it. Here it is. Do you think there are ever necessary times someone should be allowed to use substances? I have tried many times to dry out and face my demons, but the pain of my past keeps me immobilized. Every time I sober out, I end up losing jobs. I won't show up to work or I'll cry so hard I'll get sent home. Basically, I'm a functioning alcoholic, and there has been nothing that dissuades me from using. Being sober is painful, problematic, and I'm actually less present with people because of the pain. 
I feel blessed and honored to be able to receive that question and to answer it. So if you're interested in that and to come see the other questions that the other participants asked, come log on to Patreon. For February, our live stream topic is love. So any question on love, I am open to it. Romantic love, loving yourself. Come ask your love questions for February. As soon as you sign up for the live stream level, you'll have access to every live stream. At the $5 level, you get access to every exclusive episode we have put out all these years. We don't have commercials on the show because of your support at Patreon. If you value that, please consider joining our Patreon and supporting us, supporting you. We cannot do this show without the Patreon support. Thank you all so, so very much for allowing us to honor the integrity of this show and the healing vibes and not cram it full of commercials that I know y'all don't want to hear. I have a deep respect for your time, your energy, and I am cognizant of not wanting to waste it. So when you come to Patreon, it's not like Facebook or Instagram where I'm just throwing stuff up there to throw it up there. Every single thing that we put up there is a little nugget. You can be a member. So I know that people use it. By being a member, they might not come there for months and months. And then something happens in their life and they come there to find solace and to tap in to the wisdom that will help us feel freer, more grounded, more at peace, which is what all of us deserve. Thank you all so very much. I hope all of you out there are healthy. Take those vitamins. I do believe vitamin D very much helped me and Chris get through COVID. Take care of yourselves. Find that balance between healthy fear and unhealthy fear. And know that you are strong in all the ways. Light and love. I am an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets Mindful. Light and love. And I will see you right here next time. Bye-bye. you find it hard to sleep at night then the calm cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long calm cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires all of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast calm cove is brought to you by the team behind sleep cove the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis meditation and stories so if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight search for calm cove on apple podcasts or spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night